There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Kia ora and welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. I'm Ross Carl. Joining me, well, I have James Parsons and Bryn Hall down in, well, maybe Town, unless the Chiefs go and take it for another episode of Aotearoa Rugby Pod this week. Of course, it's final time. So let's get super hyped for this. You're hyped because you know the Chiefs are going to win this thing, all right? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> know about that. I know they'll give it a fair old nudge. Um, statistically, if you look at it, they're going down there uh, probably... Not favourites. Uh, I hate to break it to you, Bryn, but you're first in every column. Uh, <laughs> you know, points, points for, points against. You're first and they're fifth, believe it or not. Uh, so they're fighters. I think that's the biggest thing to take out of it is they will fight everything. But the, the key areas we know if they can match it set piece and they can bring that lightning quick ball that they've seen it break down and, and win that Lucy battle. Um, and then it's that that, that sort of style of play, uh, how they use Damien will be key, will give themselves the best opportunity to, to do the business down there. So as as favourites, as heavy, strong favourites, Bryn? $1.01 favourites. <laughs> no underdog title going to you guys. What kind of week has it been? Do you guys approach a week like a final very much in routine? Oh, look, it, it is another week, and I think it's more so just really trying to embrace embrace it. Like we've been fortunate enough to be in uh, to be in a few finals, so I guess uh, having an understanding of what it looks like, it's it's not new to us. So um, we can bank on that experience around what a normal week looks like. And I guess for us, it's it's an excitement. It's exciting. Um, it's an exciting time for us to have it at home again. Um, we talked about last in the last podcast around how important it is for, it is for us to be at home and having that factor is always great and to be able to play in front of our family and our friends. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're probably just going to try to build the week nicely. Um, again, when it is a final, there's a lot of, um, lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm, but again, you don't want to be playing your final too early in the week. So, raise the leaders and us. We'll, um, we've been driving the week pretty pretty good and we've got a pretty good plan in place around what that's going to look like and hopefully that's going to be peaking come 7.05 in, in Christchurch and hopefully negative two degrees. It, this is only your fifth final in a row, um, which obviously is quite disappointing that it's you know such a short run of finals for you guys. Have you seen the approach to finals evolve over those five years? You know the way that you did it in that first year with Razor to the way you do it now. They're pretty similar. I think they're, they're pretty similar around what our week structure looks like because again we've been pretty pretty lucky in the last four to um, to be at home, so we've been pretty familiar around what our weeks look like and. Um, have a pretty good understanding, yeah, again, what that looks like. Uh, probably the only difference was when we went to South Africa in 2017. It was different. We went over to um, to hostile environment and, you know, didn't have the, the pleasures of being able to be at home and being able to have a normal week like we would when we were at home. So we're fortunate enough that 
bar that Lions series, uh, we've been pretty lucky that the last four times uh, we've been at home for a final. So preparation-wise, it's the best It's the best you get to be in your own bed. Um, and I know, obviously, the, the the Chiefs are in Hamilton, which isn't that far a flight, but you know, those little things there are always comfortable come finals weekend. Um, again, when you get to play at home, it's a, it's a big thing, and it's a big thing for us. We really wanted to get there at the start of the competition, and we'll have to have that uh, final at home. When do you think he calls the tattoo artist for the latest uh, description? <laughs> he, they, they, you probably brought him in on Saturday for that training run you did Saturday. Did you get him in just to scribe one up? No tattoos there. No tattoos oh, there. Okay. It was a beautiful day though, mate. How so, did that no, training session go? It was sharp? It was, it was. It was just nice to get back into rhythm. And I think taking, like we talked about last time, coming out of the bye against the Highlanders, we were, we were probably a little bit off. And so, um, and it was a short week, but I guess for us, Anytime you get to touch the ball and really get to fine-tune things and get a head start on the week, um, it's probably set us up really nice where we came in today, which is usually our day one. Technically, it's our day one, but, um, yeah, we were able to get a few things in that Saturday session that we probably weren't able to in a normal week. So I guess it's just a head start for us, and then, again, we'll be able to taper off at the back end of the week knowing that we've done all the all the work we need to. How, how do you go around the tattoo if you go... Uh, this final, you win this final and the Trans-Tasman and, you know, it's two titles in one year. Does that make it a tough scenario or do you just do one for one each or just one for the two or how do you go about that? Is that a serious question? Because usually you ask it like quite seriously and you're laughing. So is that a genuine question? Or? Okay, and just one more. Um, have you packed your ski goggles for, for this year? Uh, it is quite cold in Christchurch, but um, no, there's no ski goggles. Okay. No ski goggles at the moment, mate. So, nah. Hopefully, we could use them. Hopefully, but again, oh. that's, that's why on Ross. Saturday. That's why Ross runs this. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting to ask you to pack, pack the bubble wrap for the trophy, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I won't go there. I won't go there. <laughs> no, that's not funny. Um, now, last week we spoke about the fact that the Chiefs might or might not rest all of their team for that game last weekend. They ended up resting every man and his dog and making positional changes left, right and centre. Bryn, do you think that has helped them preparing for you guys or do you think that that was a move that might, you know, make them a little less, I suppose, break their momentum that they'd built up? I will probably find out Saturday at probably 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, if that's the right decision. Um, But, no, I think, look, I think it's it's, it's two really good things that they did. You know, a lot of guys that have played a lot of minutes um, had a rest week and were able to refresh and uh, be able to get away from rugby. We don't know what their week looked like, but, you know, refreshing and not being able to be in the 23, it's mentally um, not as draining. You can be refreshed. And then it's a great opportunity for all those young men that were able to play on the weekend. Like, even though, you know, they sent a lot of guys that hadn't played a lot of rugby, they took the blues to that, to the nth degree around how close that was. And if it wasn't for the Blues set piece, their scrum being real dominant in probably last 10, 15 minutes, um, you know, the game was on. So I think it sets them up really well. Again, you don't need any added motivation for a final. And um, a lot of those boys, we wanted to play well in the final. And so, um, you know, the enthusiasm and motivation levels will be there. But I think um, their players were able to get rested, the guys that had played a lot of minutes, and then the whole of their squad were able to, to play that game. And then what that's going to do is going to be able to motivate them to be able to play um, if they're not playing in their reserves group to be able to set them up training against um, them this week, uh, whether they want to be, you know, the Crusaders, you know, the non-23 playing will be able to have a, a spring in their step due to being able to play some minutes and played pretty well on the weekend as well. Where do you see the key matchups? Uh, for me, I, I really think it's up front. I, I think if they can set the platform, I think that's been their biggest turning point, the Chiefs, which has allowed them to play their style and keep to that style. You know, they've looked to 
build score pressure early, so they've gone for their threes and built that scoreboard pressure and then out of the half-time break, they've come out and as a pack, as an eight up front, they've looked to blow teams away around that breakdown area and place fast and play that lightning quick ball and, and I think Bryn alluded to it last time they played at Hamilton, it was that sort of 10 minutes where they, you guys had to make a number of tackles to about seven of their tackles and that was the key time and they've done that a lot. So I think it's that, that up front battle um, is crucial because we know that the set piece is where the Crusaders have been dominant and that's where they'll go to if they become under pressure. So if they can match them there and then go to that dominance where they've been dominant and where they've turned their season around is around that breakdown and getting that lightning quick ball. So that's crucial. So the type five up front and then the Lucy's around the, the breakdown area and then where they play Damian McKenzie. Yeah. Obviously, I think yeah. it worked really well with him at 10 and then going to 15 late and, and then bringing someone like Bryn Gatlin on late in the game. He's, he's got that calm, composure, big game mentality and can play a little bit ball in front, that territory battle if the game's close and, and can put you in the right part, parts of the field but also allows someone like Damien to inject himself from the back against tiring forwards. So I think that was, it was a right plan and it worked for them. Um, although it was a tight contest, um, so you you know, do they revert back to playing Damien at ten, mm. or do they start Bryn at ten and, and put Damien to fullback? So that's probably the key combination. Everyone else, I think, picks themselves. Well, what do you expect them to do there? Well, yeah, it's it's, it's tough because I think they've done it they've done it so well. I think when they've had Damien at ten, starting at ten, we've talked about it a lot around his game management. It's been world class, and then you've always you've always got to think of him on the defence when he can attack the line because you just know with ball in hand he can really um, test your defence so you know if he does play then we've got to be on for not just you know that probably 50 to 80 minute period when he is at 10 you've got to be able to be on that the whole game until they bring in Bryn or um, Caleb Truss or you know they go with Bryn Gatlin who um, who fits in really nicely in, in, in finals footy great decision making around his, his kicking especially it could be a little bit wet with a bit of dew at night in Christchurch which could lead into them being a lot um, better in that in that respect, and then you're able to bring Damo into the into the game at ten um, in that kind of thirty minute phase where he's done in the past, where there's tiring defenders. Um, you, we've got to be tested. We're going to be tested in that kind of period of play with reserves coming on, and our big boys have been working. So, um, which which whatever way they do go, they've they've proven that they've done it enough this season. With whatever direction they do go, they've got both ways of winning of winning footy games. Has the review this week been based around that Hamilton match for you guys? Is that the game that you're reviewing, or is it a clean slate? Um, you take little trends around little learnings. Um, you definitely do. So um, you do concentrate on traits and trends around what they do, like like we've talked about with Damo or whatever, or whatever the traits that they do have. Um, but at the same time, we've just been concentrating on ourselves and being able to get things right with us. Um, Jeb has brought up some pretty important points that um, we want to be um, – pretty good they are there on the weekend, whether it be defensively breakdown or shutting down certain players, um, it's going to be pretty crucial for us on the weekend. So we do have a little bit, we've been fortunate enough that we have played the Chiefs twice this year, so we kind of get a, a pretty good idea what their DNA is and I guess can understand what they might do. Uh, but again, they might change things and we might have just to adapt on the run. But again, we, we do want to concentrate on ourselves and um, we've got a, hopefully a plan in place which we think is going to be able to execute really well and put them under pressure. It's a, it's going to be an interesting game because at the start of the year, this was not the game that anyone was picking as the final, no, really. No, and, I, and I'll actually be interested in the Crusaders' tactics. I know Bryn can't answer this, but I, I felt like their contestable kicking game was showing a little bit more against the Blues in an afternoon fixture. And then with, with Jew, night game, 
Um, and we've seen it so often, you know, a little bit of a rolling mall and, and the nine putting it up for, for guys like George Bridge and Sevu chasing and, and looking to get that ball back or even going back to Richie and him putting one up around that in between the 240s, um, you know, even maybe closer in their attacking zone. So I, th- I think that potentially they may look to use their contestable kicking game a little bit more. There was definitely a shift of mindset around that. Maybe it might have just been a tactic to play against the Blues, but I think it would be something that they could use as a weapon, again, just to get their balance of attack uh, on a dewy night in Christchurch to, one, look to get the ball back, but if not, put the skill set um, of the Chiefs back three under pressure. Mm. Historically, it's been a good fullback for you guys. Yeah, it has, and I think you know having, having Bridgie back um, has been massive for us, and um, especially with him in the air as a nine, you know, it doesn't matter how good your kicks are, it's only as good as how your chases are. And um, George and Sevy probably in the last you know two weeks have been really world class in that. So um, yeah, again, if it gets into a situation where we need to do that, um, you know, George is great in the air and Sevy as well. So um, yeah, it would all be revealed on on the weekend this episode of the Aotearoa Rugby Pod is brought to you by Manscaped the most trusted shaver for below the belt grooming in the entire world over two million people trust this product to make sure that they're safe and in good well what are they down there clean tidy crisp crisp something along those lines (laughs) if you're on the market to get this kind of product, make sure that you're nice and clean downstairs. You get 20% off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com slash rugby. And that goes to USA, Canada, New Zealand, UK, wherever you can go. So what do you got this week for your Manscaped hairy moment? Oh, oh, for me, it was uh, the Blues-Chiefs game when they were dealing with the accidental offside with the Chiefs try and there was about a million water boys uh, trying to coach the ref into a decision. I think David Hill was out there, another water boy, I think Tana was there. Um, and it was quite entertaining watching because they were quite distressed about the decision. Uh, so for me, it was quite a hairy moment for the ref. That's, uh, that's all I got for you. <laughs> what about you, Brad? Uh, mine goes to me old mate, unfortunately, uh, Billy Harmon, for probably having, you know, you know Ross and how much I love referrals. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Wrong with with Dane Coles and you know they were seventeen seven up at the at that time and had the ball and play and you know obviously Colsey working his working his magic and um, got the penalty and then you know Billy's decided to try and uh, get a penalty with the referral and hasn't worked out for him so I feel for me old mate your old Crusader mate and Moldy's mate but yeah not a great decision but fun I look, look forward to seeing you doing probably a space of a box of space with the boys. <laughs> Surely, uh, yeah, Surely yeah. a punishment he, for he's that. He's going to be buying spades for all the boys for a long time. It was a very hairy moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor old Billy Harmon. It cost a try. He didn't see that coming, did he? Wow, it was, it was quite a turning moment. Yeah. If you think about it, the crucial score. Yeah, it could have been 50 metres down the other way. And it's dead there behind the post. Yeah. 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 Not I love pretty. you. I love you, Billy, mate. I love you, mate. I love you. <laughs> he needs to get himself uh, some Manscaped products. You know, that can be his only close shave. To smooth things moment. out. To smooth things over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You've done this before. <laughs> Don't mind a wee pun. <laughs> now, make sure you get your Manscaped product. Get onto the Peak Hygiene Plan. Last for three months. Can update all your little bits of equipment. You'll be well looked after for a long period of time. Manscaped.com. Make sure you get the best ball trimmer on the planet.
What you guys did reveal this week is Pablo Matera, like as if you weren't good enough already. Yeah, it's a great signing, isn't it? Um, yeah, we're pretty uh, pretty fortunate to be able to to get a player of that caliber, um, especially playing Super Rugby. Um, it's, it's definitely a razor. It's a razor signing. Uh, he's you know he, he likes to think outside the box, and I think you know Digby Yuani was another one that came in in 2017, and um, Roger, you know, um, Ronan O'Gara is a coaching, and Mark Jones as well, just thinks outside the box. So you know, for us, you know, we're going to be really excited for, to get him to get him next year. And um, yeah, he's a look, he's a world class player. We can only look at those pitches that he played when he played for the uh, played against the All Blacks. Him showing the, not, I guess, in Maldi terms, you've got mana, but. Um, you know, have, he shows that Argentinian flair and energy and enthusiasm. So, yeah, it's going to be able to have a caliber of player who's going to be in our environment. And again, it's not only going to be great for, for having as a player, but for the young guys coming through, having a player like that um, who can add uh, and add knowledge to our group, it's only going to benefit us moving forward. Yeah, what, what I like about it is, you know, so often you've spoken on this, Brenner's, in your reviews, is around that breakdown and improving that breakdown area. A guy like him with the young guys in your group, he can only you know, enhance their ability to improve in that area. And one, when he steps on the field, he is automatically going to improve that area. And he can play six, seven and eight, I believe. I know he doesn't. Um, you know, he, he roams between probably six and seven for Argentina, Argentina, but mainly it's six, but they play sort of like for like, um, him and Crema. So I think he can play all all three, um, because of how well Ethan Blackett is going, like it'd be hard to push him out of that sixth spot if he continues mm. that form. So that, and then Tom Christie's really sharp at, at seven as well, and you know he's unfortunately injured at the moment, and you know Sione Havili is coming through there. So there, there's good competition for him to come into as well. Yeah. You have got Cullen Grace, haven't even mentioned him. Peter Cumberbell, yeah. yeah, Douglas. So he, he's coming into a competitive area but one that he'll enhance and grow as well. And then, you know, getting him on the field and, and whatever position is, is key. And he says it's, you know, a razor sign. And I think that ability to play all three positions is just so powerful and important because he's good over the ball, because he's a good carrier, because he's abrasive, he's good in the line-out. He, he, he just covers um, all aspects needed in an international signing because you can only have a few of them in your squad. You made an interesting I think, point. Um, yeah. I think, um, I think just on that as well. With if we continue to keep playing playing Super Rugby Aotearoa, I look at our loose forward trios around having injuries throughout the year and that, just adding that depth. Like you said, you know, we had, you know Ethan was out for a couple of weeks with his neck injury. Cully was out for a, for a week. Tom Sanders was out for a long period of time. So anytime you can add depth in that kind of position, especially if we continue to play this crash and bash, high tempo Super Rugby Aotearoa, um, you know, adding a, a guy like that, yes, again, he's world class. But anytime you can just keep adding depth especially into the loosest position, um, I think it's going to be massive moving forward. It's an interesting thing because there are so many good, good loose forwards around the country. To be looking outside the box in that position, I suppose, is something that no one saw coming because, I mean, we talk about just your team. That list is long, even without Pablo Matera. So I think that it really took people by surprise. Yeah, yes and no. I think he's a point of difference player, isn't mm. he? He's, he's not a typical style Lucy that we've got here and, and he, he just brings something different and I think Bryn's alluded to it, it's just Razor's style is about doing things differently and he's, he's seen something in him and I think we all admire his style of play mm. and, and I think you know, someone like him wants to come over here and test himself in our competition, I think, it, I think it can only be a good thing. On top of that, he's going to be in a country that's safe from COVID. A country that he can rely on, you know, being able to settle in quite easily. He can play in front of crowds. 
you know, there, there are all these things, the comfort of playing touch in wood. New Zealand. Yeah, well, yeah, touch wood, obviously. But New Zealand rugby is at a point of real strength there for attracting world-class talent if they want to because of the COVID-free environment. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. I think we always have been, and and only enhanced with um, you know the, the situation we've got ourselves in at the moment, having the ability to have crowds and, and play the tournaments we're in, and we're about to, you know, I'll touch wood again that we're about to go into a Trans Tasman competition, which is pretty exciting as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that Trans Tasman competition um, is coming up on us really quickly. I mean, we've got to get past the final first. But, you know, what are you looking forward to most about these Australian teams? Which ones in particular? I'm, I'm looking forward to the change of styles and, and the adjustments our teams are going to have to make and the adjustments their teams are going to have to make. And then also on top of that, just to add another layer, the adjustments we're going to have to make to different referees. And I know that sounds, I know the rules are the same, but it's just a different style mm. of, of referee from Australia to Kiwi referees. And it's always, they see things differently. And that's just the team that adjusts differently a team that adjusts the, the fastest and the, the smoothest to when travelling over to Australia, you know, you've got five games and then the top two teams play the final, so you've got to get it right pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And and they're, they're playing some good quality football. You know, the Reds and the Brumbies are playing the final, uh, but there's been parts and moments in this season where the force have been exceptional. They tipped the Reds up when it wasn't expected. You know, they came from 21-5 down in that game to beat the Reds, and you know, they just won't go away the force. They'll just keep coming. They've, they've just got something about them. Richard Kahui mentioned he's, you know, he's compared them to the Chiefs. You know, they're a little bit of an unknown. Mm. You know, no one expects something of them. Their back's against the wall mentality, and that's what they're building. And they're really looking forward to the challenge. The Waratahs and the Rebels, I know, uh, you know, the Rebels have just lost their coach. The Waratahs mm. lost their coach earlier. There has been a little bit of a shift for the Waratahs. I think, that, you know, and that's nothing because I think, you know, um, Rob Penny is an exceptional coach. You know, he's been everywhere he's gone. He's had great success. But they are obviously starting to build something and, and improving. Uh, the Rebels, I think they maybe need to go back to the, how they started the comp. They started really challenging teams and they had a... They had a, um, I suppose, a game plan of building scoreboard pressure. They, some of the games they didn't even score tries, and, and you know they got 18 points just through the boot and, and nearly bet the Reds and um, pushed the Brumbies the same way, and then maybe lost tack of that and tried to score and tried to change their their mindset a little bit. So maybe going reverting back to that style. Um, I know Tamua really wanted. Um, Dave Vessels to stay, um, so it's a great opportunity for that group to, you know, galvanise and, and probably repay, um, you know, their coach in a way because you know it's obviously put a lot of strain and pressure on him and his family. So he wants to spend some family time now, so a great way for them to get together, uh, galvanise that group, and, and take the challenge of, of Transasian. So there's plenty to like, plenty to expect, and those different different styles are exciting for for the viewers to get up for. Brent, is it a fresh start for the Waratahs and the Rebels or is it an opportunity for it to get worse because they're playing Kiwi teams? Like, What do you say to these guys heading into a competition when it's already been going pretty badly, knowing that the teams you're coming up against are flat out going great? Yeah, I think any time, you know, they're probably, probably early doors in their Super Rugby AU, you know, we're probably out of the, the finals reckoning pretty early on. So, you know, I guess motivations are a little bit tough in, in that sense, but you know, any times you get to start a new competition, especially something new, um, playing New Zealand teams and knowing that you know we have, we bring a different challenge and the ability to play against us, it, it brings a, a new form of motivation and enthusiasm and excitement. 
Um, and, and it's no different for you thinking about the Hollanders and the Hurricanes. Again, you know, they would have loved to be playing in a, in a Super Rugby final with the Blues as well. And it's a clean slate going into, into next, you know, into the into next week. So now those teams that haven't, they probably had ambitions to play in their home finals. Um, again, they get the opportunity at it in a new, in a new, in a new competition against two two different countries to be able to play for something bigger than just their own country. So I think the excitement levels will go up. And again, it's a clean slate. And uh, the only thing is that you obviously want to have, have to take the learnings that you had for maybe why you haven't been so successful. So Chips alluded to that with with the Rebels and. Um, and, no, and, and again, it'll be similar to what the Highlanders, the Hurricanes and the Blues will be wanting moving forward. Because again, we, we're players, we're competitive, we want to be playing in finals. So um, whenever there's a trophy up for grabs, you want to be making adjustments. So it'll be a clean slate for, I think, not only the team that you've, you've talked about, but um, a lot of the other teams are going to be involved as well. I think the Australian side's are well-placed because there's no expectation. You know, maybe a little bit on the Reds mm. um, and the Brumbies, a little bit, but I think a lot of expectation is going on the Kiwi sides and, and, and that puts a lot of pressure for, for them to deliver whereas the Aussies have, have got nothing to lose and, and everything to gain especially the two teams you've spoken about and maybe just chance their arm a little bit um, you know I know I just sort of spoke about the Rebels taking their threes and going back to a philosophy that worked for them but you know there, there's, a, there's a lot to be gained um, for, for those teams in this Trans-Tasman and, and a lot to be gained um, for the three teams that uh, missed out on the final over here, and I think maybe the Hurricanes already took that step forward the other night. They, they almost threw the ball round a little bit, and, and it didn't stick, um, you know, every time in the first half. But in the second forty, it did. They stuck at it, and they're like, "That's the game plan we've come here with." And you know, they had twenty-four clean breaks, thirty-seven defenders beaten. Like they came with a game plan, and they stuck at it, and they were like, "You know, we're not we're not going to make a final. We're in front of our home fans. We're going to we're going to entertain." and it was one of the most entertaining games of the season. And, and the Highlanders had 22 defenders beat and you know, only two clean breaks, but you know, three tries, and they left a few out there. And you know, it, was, it was a great spectacle to watch. So I think teams have already started to try and move that way um, over here as well, that we're out of the final. Going over to Australia is, is, is completely different. It's a different. It's a different type of time that you're playing at. It's a different environment. You know, I can imagine you know, a Crusaders versus the, versus, um, versus the Reds at Suncorp with the amount of Kiwis that are over there, they haven't been able to watch Kiwi teams. We always have so much support in Kiwis, have so much support in Brisbane or whatever city it is in Australia. And so that kind of um, cauldron uh, with the Reds there, I use, I use it as an example, it's so tough to play there. You played at Suncorp and it's just a different it's a different type of landscape. So um, that'll bring the excitement and it'll bring more to what Kiwi teams aren't used to. You know, a lot of guys haven't pl- probably played in Australia, um, bar the All Blacks. So it's going to bring another... Um, opportunity for Australian teams to have, have an advantage and for us we're going to be able to have to try and adapt and understand that it's a little bit different um, going over to play over in Australia. With all of the injuries that happen during Super Rugby Aotearoa and the fact that the competition ends up relatively close and especially in the back half of the season where games were on a knife edge right through to the 70th, 75th minute most of the time, do the coaches take the same approach to this Trans-Tasman League as in, you know, win at all costs? Or do we see a little, a few more risks maybe in selecting young guys in the Trans-Tasman competition? Oh, I think it's best team will get selected. I don't think it's young guys, old guys. It'll be the best team that's performing, the, the players that are giving their best uh, throughout the weeks, giving themselves the best opportunity to perform on the weekend will get selected. I don't think coaches ever um, would look at it as... Uh, you know, giving opportunities. I think that's pre-season time. Um, I think there's just too much at stake for all five 
uh, clubs to to, to mm. perform and, and, and set the tone. Uh, Even the Rebels just, and the Waratahs? Um, yeah. I, I just think, you know, we've just spoken about two coaches losing their, their, their jobs. Like, you know, look, livelihoods are at stake and, and you know, it's, we're in a performance-based business. And, and I don't think if you, if you went, you know, in and said, oh, you know, I was just trialling a few things, that's, mm. that's probably not going to cut it. And, and, and I don't think players, you know, players will start asking questions. They'll be like, you know, I'm doing everything right. Why am I not getting a go? Or, um, you know, we just want to give a young guy a go. Isn't going to cut it either. We're, this is at the highest level. You know, so I think the best players will get picked, and and the beauty of is, you know, the, the coaches will just be straight up and say, this is the reason why you're not getting picked. These are the areas you've got to work on. Show me you work on them, you'll get your opportunity. Mm, mm. Zahn Sullivan could be a guy, maybe get a little more game time. Yeah, uh, he looked the goods. Yeah, absolutely. I think he. Um, the one thing I liked about Zahn, you know, I was at the game and and just watching him in the backfield. Um, you know, he was always looking for that kick space. You know, so he, he's got a clear idea of, of balance of attack and, and not just running back and, and getting trapped. You know, so he was looking for that kick space. I think he admit that, you know, his kicks weren't always as perfect as he'd like, but he was, he was constantly looking to put that ball in front of his forwards, which, which is great. And, and you know, he's got that, you know, that sort of first five game balance. Um, he's tall, he's a big body, he's good in the air. Um, you know, he's got courage, he can, he can you know, really you know, win those collisions. He's selfless. I think we saw that with his pass. You know, he could have fallen over the try line, but he went for the option of giving it to AJ Lamb to score because it's guaranteed rather than chancing his arm and getting tackled. So, you know, he ticks all the right boxes as a team man. He's got the skill set. He's got the build. He's, he's got the maturity. Um, but, you know, on the on the other side, we've got a guy that, um, you know, has, has worked his way through, back through injury. He's performed really well this year as well in Stevie P. Um, so it creates competition, mm. which is great during the week. Um, you know, Zahn did himself, you know, he, he did himself all the favours, performed really well, and now it's up to the coaches to make a, a selection, but that puts the pressure on those two guys to perform during the week so that that selection issue becomes a tough, uh, tough one. But, you know, there, there was a lot to like about uh, Zahn um, and his performance at fullback on mm. the weekend. He could be a good bench option. He could be. He, he certainly could because he, he can cover... First five, uh, and you know, potentially could even you know he's big enough. He's a big boy, you know. He's of that Geordie Barrett height. Um, you know, he's solid build. Uh, you also don't want to rush him into too many th roles either. You don't want to rush that progression. You don't want to overload him. So you know, you got to get that balance right as a coach as well. So um, there's there's plenty of things you've got to consider before uh, you know you know putting these young men into positions that you know you don't want them to you know sink or swim sort of thing. Not that I, I think he would, but you know, you, you, he's had a really good start, so you just want to get that balance right. Mm, him, guys like him and Ruben Love, we've got some young guys coming through who are very assured. Yeah, I think I think you know Zan had the ability that we've talked about a lot with. It seems the day and age, you know, if we look at Ruben Love, he can play ten, fifteen. Zan can play, well, he's originally is a ten, but can cover fifteen and plays fifteen now. So, yeah, I thought Ruben Love, where we talked about it earlier, I think remember his first game, his first start, he had his ability when he played against us, his ability to take the ball to the line, it just asks so many questions and that's what Ruben loves doing at, at the at the Hurricanes. So, um, you know, even look, I look at that try when he, um, off the line out, it was off a penalty from Dukes who did a great, who, who I thought was outstanding. He, you know, I think he had three or four turnovers in that game and was, was immense for them, but to get them in that position and then, you know, um, you know, Ruben just gets that ball, takes a nice step, beats the inside cover and goes straight through and just has that burst of pace. And so, 
we've talked about a lot with Damo, Richie, you know, teams like that, they have the ability to be able to take the borderline and ask questions. Um, it's, it's really hard to defend. So, you know, I, I don't know what the injury rate's going to be with Jackson Gunn-Bishop um, with how long he's out, but I, I really do hope the, the Hurricanes stick with Ruben Love and his development. And, you, you know, he's going to have some times where he's not going to make the best decisions, but you just give that, you know, as a young guy, you just let him be able to play and play free. And, you know, you're going to get things like happen on the weekend when he set up that try on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I just think on top of that as well, um, he seems at best when he's playing eyes up footy. You know, and he's just playing mm. instinctive, you know, because that was just, he obviously saw Ash had overchased and then just that was like there was a set move and then he was like bang, off his right and just took it. And and that was similar to what you said when you, you played against him when he was running flat and fast and just playing that eyes up footy is, is when he's at his best. So it's finding the balance between doing that and then sticking to the plan and getting that balance between, you know, plan and, and eyes up it will, will be his biggest growth. But... I was at the game and, and watching it with um, Christian Cullen and, and Cully said, he goes, not many boys can do that. You know, he, and he was impressed. Yeah. And we all know how good Cully was. So if, if you're getting the nod of approval from Cully, who's a Hurricane stalwart, you, you know you've got something special. I think one thing that I heard in, the, in, the after, in his aftermatch speech, Ruben was talking about how Nani Lamapis, how much of an influence Nani's having on him. And so we've talked around a lot um, with, you know, his carry metres were unreal on the weekend. Nani had 150-odd metres, his running game, and even tried to do some attacking kicks as well. But, you know, his communication skills, that's what one thing that I really um, listened to when Ruben said that. You know, he said, like, all he said was, you know, it's world-class, it's world-class communication, and he's given me all the info I need to be to be able to be with the team. So, um, you know, when you've got a guy, we've talked about a lot around Nani's growth and around his game management and communication skills, you need that at 12, and... I thought Nani was outstanding on the weekend with you know with what he does best, which is running. But those little things that um, Ruben's talked about his communication skills and his distribution skills as well. Um, I think it's really helping um, Ruben Love in his maturity be able to play at that ten at this level. The Aotearoa Rugby Pod Super Rugby Workhorse of the Week is brought to you by. Farmlands. Now, Farmlands is committed to bringing rugby to the rural communities, like the Farmlands Cup earlier this year between the Crusaders and the Highlanders. You can also go down to Farmlands, get yourself some good wet weather gear, so when you're on the sidelines watching some footy, you're going to be in good, warm, not wet state. Workhorse of the week. I've got a couple of nominations, as I like to have, you know. You've got to, got to spread the love. Uh, and then I'll go get to my winner. Um, believe it or not, not a Blues player this week. But for my Blues nomination, Adrian Choate, I thought, you know, All Black Dylan Hunt out. Mm-hmm. Blake Gibson, been called into the All Blacks before. And uh, Dalton Papali'i, he's out as well, you know, he's in Form 7. Potentially All Black 7 in time. But Adrian Choate, he was just everywhere. He was into everything. I think he split his head about nine times, went off, came back on, went off, came back on, and just was into it. So he was, he was a mighty workhorse. Chiefs. I thought Peter Gus Sawakula was, you know, into everything, getting around, a few pick and goes through the middle, a uh, bit of offload game, good carries. I think you've got to mention Liam Messam as a workhorse coming back <laughs> at 37. That, that definitely deserves a, a, lot a, of work. a tip of the cap. Uh, and the Highlanders' workhorse for me is Mitch Hunt, scrapping with Dane Coles. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, working, he's working hard to be doing that. But my winner is Hurricane 7 who had a massive, massive shift. Duplessis, Karefi, massive at the breakdown, turnovers, great link play. One scored a try, but there was also 
great link play and a lot of offload gains that led to other tries. Big in defence, good in the line-out, good in the scrum, so ticked all his core roles with a bit of flair and just his passion and his effort to celebrate with his teammates when they did something well was exceptional. So it wasn't just celebrating his own moments, he celebrated his teammates' moments. So for my workhorse of the week, Duplessis Carufi. That's great. Out of the and hurricanes. Out of the hurricanes. And he's also, he's undersized for a loose forward. I know he's a power athlete, but he's undersized for a loose forward. So he has to work hard. He does. And, and he's just hitting form. If he can carry this form on into the Trans-Tasman, talking all about a lot of sevens, you know, we've talked about Beauchere, we've talked about Papali'i, we've talked about all these other sevens, but he is hitting some good form, Harmon hitting some good form at a man that toured with the All Blacks, so he's in and around the mix already, and they do like to go back to their incumbents first. He's hitting some good form at a, at a pretty good time before that All Black team is named. Who have you got? I've got a couple of nominations as well. Um, I obviously talked around Dupes. He was, he was outstanding on the weekend, so I definitely had one of him. But I actually want to go to his Lucy, his other Lucy mate, um, Devin Flanders. Um, is Devin? Is it yeah. Devin? Yeah, yeah. Flanders. But I thought he was he was outstanding on the weekend. He had forty five carry he had forty five metres on eight carries and forty four defenders beat him. Huge workhorse. Yeah, well, <laughs> he didn't have forty five carries, but Jesse looked like he did after the game. Uh, he had forty five metres, sorry, uh, with eight carries and actually beat four defenders, which um we talk around Artie Severe around him being able to beat defenders with him being at number eight. I think he's been outstanding, especially on the weekend, but probably the last two weeks with Artie being out. Um I had Nani Lawapi as well. We talked around his metres and his numbers. He was outstanding on the weekend around not only his uh, ball-carrying ability, but his distribution, his communication skills from, you know, obviously Ruben Love. And then I've got actually two, three Blues players, Jipper, that you actually oh. be pretty, you know, ready to pump them up, mate. Um, I actually had Gerard carry like two Yachty Mariner. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, he, was, he was outstanding on the weekend. And just his um, his his dominance in, 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 in the tackle. Um, he's been real dominant in the tackle in probably the past fortnight. And, um, it's just been really bringing up that line speed and real dominant hit. Um, I'd, I'd love to see what his um, his dominant stats are. You probably can get that for us 39%. next week, mate. Yeah, nice thirty nine percent. There we go. So you know he's really <laughs> that, blues, uh, that blues that blues wall hits Zan Sullivan again. I thought he was silky. You know, obviously he talked around his kicking game. There's a few that got charged down, but you know he was always looking for that kicking space and um, obviously great to score as well with his pace being able to be put away from Rico Ioane. We put him away just nicely. And then I actually had Hoskins to Tutu, mate. Oh, um, I think he too. was he was massive, mate. And, you know, you probably people probably see that he scored that try, um, being able to have a dominant scrum, which we talked around in that last 15, 15 minutes. He scored that try. Um, Xavier, unfortunately, won't get the Grammy Award or the Oscar Award, sorry, yeah. for trying to fake that try. No, no, you won't. Um, um, but yeah, look, mate, he had 15 carries, 55 metres, and they were hard, 55 metres, just working hard to get those metres. And he had 11 passes, and that just comes back. We've talked around his distribution skills and being in the all-out, all-around player, and um, he had one turnover as well, mate. So um, my man is Hoskins Satusu. Oh, he loves it. But what I would like to say, Workhorse of the Week, for me, goes to you. That was some great stat, chat. That's good. Good yeah, stats. I- the other person who was super entertaining on the weekend was Dane Coles. Yeah. Like his chat with the referees was just, it was worth the price of admission. <laughs> he is outstanding, isn't he? His, his niggle game lifts him and his team. And, yeah. and there was no surprise when he was off the field, there was definitely a dip 
in the in the hurricane. I, I felt like the the double yellow card affected uh, the Canes. That's when the Highlanders sort of came back into the game. And then as soon as Colsey came back on the field, the the, the normal service resumed. He just has that. Uh, I, I mean that aura about him for for his team. He just it's a follow me. Uh, no nonsense approach to everything, and he just fights for everything. And he just, you know, I said before I was at the game, he just isn't like a hunter mode. Just his body language, he just, he's just constantly hunting the action. He's in and around the ball, and if he's on defence, he's in and around looking, you know, you make a tackle or get involved in the ruck or anything. He's, he certainly has a hell of a presence when he's on the field. Mitch Hunt thinks so. Yeah, yeah, Mitch Hunt, I, I don't know, um, it, it was early on in the game that I think Mitch Hunt started the niggle, and I don't know if it was uh, his smartest move, but you've got to admire his courage <laughs> that he stuck to it. He, 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 he didn't back down, and then it continued on, and I think that's where the yellow card came from, is he was like, well, if I don't, if I, if I, ba- if I don't back down, um, this is going to be on all day. So he, he tried to tried to stand up to it and uh, eventually ended the yellow card and then I think things simmered down from there. <laughs> what did you think of those yellow cards? I, I, what did Colsey say? Oh, we're just having a bit of fun, ref, or something along <laughs> those lines. You know, do you think that that's too much? Should there be a place where you can just rough guy up a little bit on the ground and maybe push him in the face as long as it, it's, it's in the nature of the game? You probably do need to dis- have have a bit a little bit of discipline around it because then you know players will be able to take that and run with that you know with niggle off the ball and um, you know cheap shots here and there which again you want player safety as at best but I thought it was quite funny seeing Colsey and Hunty they both knew that they were heck um, and ever talking to with the ref and um, you know they probably both would have said oh let's just cut it clean here and you know obviously we got on the got in the wrong situation but we'll just cut it there be able to get play on with fifteen people but um, yeah I think you've got to be able to have some formal laws around it and yeah. It's probably just uh, we know that Dane that Dane that that's his game and it brings the best out of him and um, but you do need to have some form of laws around it because you, there'll be so much off the stuff that's off the ball and then you start getting a little bit more dangerous if yeah things off the ball happen um, not just that incident that happened on the weekend that escalates yeah I just think they they're just trying to get rid of the grey area it, 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 there wasn't much to it we all know there wasn't mm. much to it but if they let that slide then they have to let another thing slide and it becomes inconsistent so. I think it has to be black and white, and that's all they, they're just trying to keep true to that. And, you know, that's what well, they have to stick to, and that's their guidelines, and they're staying to it. Um, and in the end, it, I don't think it ruined the spectacle. And no. It, and, it, and it cleaned it up because nothing happened after that. Well, I mean, one of the key things right now is you do not touch the head. No matter what goes on, do not touch the head. And one guy's got an elbow in one, and the other one's pushing with two hands in the face <laughs> of the other. <laughs> it, was, it was completely brain-dead play, but they just thought they were having a laugh. Oh, mate, they, they were after each other. Like, it, it, was, it happened early, and it was just it was relentless pursuit uh, for, for one another after that. I didn't know that Mitch Hunt had him in him. Do you see that at Crusaders training when he was with you guys? That kind of guts? Is that what you call it? Courage. Oh, he's got... He, he's fiery. He's a, he's a little man, so... He's got that little man syndrome, so... Um, he's fiery, so... No, he's always got he's always got it in him. And good on him. You know, the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, is letting someone, you know, not try bully you, but, you know, try get the better of you, and... You know, it was great to see him stand up. So I've seen him plenty I, I of times even, at trainings. I think he started it, mate. I don't even think Colsey's... Uh, he, he went after Colsey, mate. It was it was, well, it was, a, it was a hell of a... Uh... It was a hell of an elbow. I'll give him a bit of time. Yeah, but that was about the fourth. That was about the fourth incident. There was about three others off the ball before that. 
<laughs> it was oh. good watching because like we were we were watching it and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd be doing that to Colsey. And to Colsey's credit as well, you know, he obviously had a better airfall from the Hollander boys than Hunsey. And then when he scored his try, oh, you know, thinking well maybe he's gonna, he, might, he might just, you know, give the wee look at Hunsey or the Hollander boys saying, here we go, boys. But not nah, good on him. He just Straight ran back, back and, to halfway. <laughs> he knows when to turn it on and turn it off. <laughs> the chat that could have happened. I mean, you love a captain's challenge. Um, that captain's challenge... <laughs> Can it ever be beaten? That was the best game challenge so. of all time. I don't think so. I, I, oh. I, I think um, the one the week before, I don't think Dalton would be in a hurry to rewatch that one uh, of the the shoulder charge one, I think Blues versus Highlanders, but th that one there, um, Billy Harmon would be wanting that one back, I think. <laughs> Surely he had to have a word with his skipper before he... Because the skipper's walking up going, well, challenge that. Billy Harmon must be going, oh, no, don't. Surely, surely he suggested what, it. It'll be a fine of the end year for him, that's for whoever's, sure. Yeah, sure. whoever's idea it was. I just loved it how, like, because before we saw the replay and you knew Colsey was involved, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. You almost thought there's yeah. another yellow here and it's a red. And then when it got reversed, I think we were texting, and it got reversed and it kicked to the corner. I text, I go, if he scores here, give him, give him the keys to the city because it, it'll be <laughs> unbelievable. And then he did. It was, it was crazy. It was amazing, just scoring off that particular oh. passage. And the smile on his face, he didn't really bother having a chat with Ash Dixon He at didn't all. need to. He just had a look at him, gave him a smile and went back to halfway yeah, as well. It was, was, it was Ben O'Keefe on that game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he must have been laughing to yeah. himself oh, there. Internally, surely. <laughs> yeah, boys, I can't give you that back. Can't give it to you at all. Yeah, so... It's, it's a phenomenal thing that Dane Coles is doing right now. Like each year on year, we just see him carry on and get a little bit more in his game, another way that he influences it. You know, Cody Taylor came so strong at the start of the season. At the end of the season, it's like, oh, it's tough to go past Colsey again. Yeah, I still think Cody's playing out of his skin as well, and, and so is Colsey. Um, but, I mean, we have this discussion every year between the two. They yeah. are hard to... You know, pick between them, and I, you know, it just depends on what style the All Blacks want to go with, and, and they probably will rotate between the two, and and they'll have to because they have to manage workloads as, as such. Um, so, I mean, it's a nice uh, problem to have, and I don't think we can forget the the next options. And, and Asafa Moore is doing a really good job off the bench. Mm. You know, he provides a hell of an impact, and and his growth and his core roles as well doing really well and then Samasoni Takiaho I think his game and, and growth is, is you know exceptional um, you know he, he you know people have a little go at his throwing but I think the Chiefs line out is, is operating pretty well for for the how young the, the group is and how, how much they're all having to grow together and I always say it's an eight-man job not just a one-man job so you know he's coming along really well as well and I think you know Kurt Eklund the other night you know he's come back from his little suspension but He's certainly um, putting his hand up as well. So there's plenty to like around that hooker spot. Mm, poor Olusafo. He These veterans continue to go so well. It's pretty difficult on him. He, he just has to keep on waiting, I suppose. I mean, it's pretty hard to knock the door down in front of those I don't guys. think it's a bad thing at international level. I think biding your time and learning behind and making sure that when you get to that level, you're ready. Uh, it gives you the best opportunity to perform 
and, and take your opportunity rather than being thrown out there early and not nailing it and then being cast aside. So I honestly don't think it's a bad thing. Mm. Uh, and he'll be better for it. Just like Coles, he had to wait. Just like Cody had to wait. It'll be, it'll be no different. And he'll be better for it. That, that type five position at international level is not a position you want to be rushed into. Mm. We've had, Bryn, some, I know this isn't necessarily your area of expertise, but we've had some amazing one-two punches at Hooker. I think of Andrew Hoare and Kevin Mialamu, then Kevin Mialamu and Dan Coles. And now we've got these two guys. Are these two, I mean, possibly the most skillful combination of hookers that we've ever had? Is this the best one-two punch that we've had? I'll take this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's fired up. Um, I, I think so because I think Colsey was the player that changed the hooking role. And then a guy like Cody's followed mm. uh, that, that blueprint. And then we've got guys like Asafa who's almost taking it another level in terms of his, you know, dynamic power and, and skill set. And then, you know, you've got those guys that I've just mentioned as well. So I, I think they've, they've changed a generation, these two. And, and, and these two um, are, are the first sort of one-two punch of that style. But, you know, it'll, the game will change again and then there'll be another. You know, we always say this, is, is there going to be, you know, another this player? Or, and, but then another one does come. I mean, that's the beauty of our country and the sport. We, we love it, and, and there's so many players that want to be the next so-and-so uh, that they put a lot of time and ever, uh, effort and determination to being that, that they eventually get there. It's interesting the thing about Asafo is he's half Jonah Lomu, half, <laughs> half hooker, and whoever thought that a hooker should be this good in the wing? Mate, I, was, I was watching him warm up, and yeah, he remind, he's got the same stature as Kevy, honestly. He reminds me so much of Kevy, but he's just got the power of a, of a winger. So we've got a big weekend. We've got this final coming up now. Is it Crusaders all day long? No, I don't, I don't think it is. I, I think it'll be a tight battle. Um, I am interested to see where they play McKenzie. I think that'll be a key role. And, and does he add another string to his bow, which I think he does have the ability to because he played really calm, composed that first 50. And then once he moved back, then he brought that... Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, they, they do have a blueprint and they've done it. They know they can do it. Mm. Um, yes, it's a bigger job down there. Uh, it's a final. They haven't been there, yes. But uh, they've got the ability to do so. Um, but the Crusaders are... Uh, they've got a proven formula... Um, they've got a great record. Statistically, um, they should do it. But stats only to tell half the picture. So 
I, I think it's, a, it's going to be a great final. It's, it's the right final. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, are they still the favourites for you, Bryn? <laughs> Mate, 100%. <laughs> Just on a, on, the, on, a, on another note though, but I think um, it is it is a, it's a great opportunity. I think you know with if you take away Super Rugby Aotearoa last year, where we probably didn't get the opportunity to have a final. I think it's going to be great to actually be able to play a New Zealand team in, in a final, in a final. So probably the last couple of years before that, we're playing against um, you know two two against um, South African teams, the Lions, Hagwaiers, which is a great test. But I think you know having a New Zealand final and having that kind of stage, um, it just adds a little bit a little bit more to it. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting, exciting time, and hopefully it's a sellout, and and hopefully it's negative two degrees in Christchurch, kind of seven oh five. As the dynasty goes on, one of the great sporting dynasties, really. We should probably take a second just to appreciate that before this final happens, if it, if they win or don't win, four titles in a row. You don't see that in sport. Yeah, we hear of three peats, but four, possibly five championships in a row. It's something spectacular. Oh, it's exceptional. Um, and I know, look, I, I'm not even joking. Like, I think we do acknowledge how successful they, they have been and, and how tough it is to do it time and time again and, and to turn up and deliver the standard for a team that every other team wants to beat every weekend. It, it, it's, it's, it's amazing the standard they keep themselves to to keep delivering week in, week out. And, yep, they've had some slip-ups this year um, and been tested. Uh, but they're still there at the final and they've still got a home one. So credit to them. And, and, um, and as I said, I'm looking forward to the challenge uh, that they face on the weekend, but I still believe that they go in as the favourites. Are you aware of how big a thing you guys are in the middle of now? I suppose you, you don't want to reflect on it too much, but you're in the middle of something quite special. Yeah, I think you have a, you have a certain idea. I think it's probably when you finish the, when you finish that season, you, you reflect and you do kind of start thinking uh, around the achievements that have happened. But... I guess for us in, in this kind of mode and the kind of time that we are now, we don't really think about that. What we kind of think about is getting the week right and really embracing it and enjoying the week. I think, you know, as rugby players, you know, these are the best times of your life when you be able, be able to be in finals. And, and yes, we've been lucky, you know, probably like the previous four to be there. But any time you get an opportunity to be in a final for, for something that you put so much hard work in, um, you've got to embrace that and, and accept that and enjoy that. So, you know, we don't we don't ever take it for granted. We, uh, we love for the fact that, we're at home. Um, home is big for us to be able to play in front of our people and our fans, which give us so much enjoyment. So um, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time for us. And look, we just can't wait to to get ready to go on Saturday. On Saturday night, we'll get get our week right and get everything done, tick all the boxes that we need to, and then going to go up against the form team in the comp. And really looking forward to it. Awesome, Brent Hall down in Christchurch. James Parsons, you got something else to add? I, I just want to say. Don't say you're lucky, mate. It takes a lot of hard work, discipline and sacrifice that gets you there four times, now five. So I think you deserve everything you get. Mm, including maybe a couple more tattoos. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.